What's up, gentlemen? This is Rising Phoenix Podcast, a podcast about how to rise up after your divorce. I'm your host, Michael Rhodes. Let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to the show. This is episode 26, which is with Katie. Katie runs a Instagram page called Co-Parenting Peacefully, and I found her one night while scouring through Instagram looking for people to speak with, and I came across her page. And she gives a lot of great tips and advice and and recommendations for people in order to maintain a peaceful co-parenting relationship. So I brought her on to discuss that. Uh, we discussed that and much more. It was a really great conversation. It was really nice to get a female's perspective on some of the things that we tend to deal with. So I hope you get something out of it. I hope you enjoy it. I also, before we uh, get into the show, I want to thank all of you that have um, donated, uh, bought me a coffee, become or have become a member. So I, I want to thank Scott and Connor and Dave, and Paulie D, and Brandon, and Max, and Tony, and Brian, and um, and David, and Ryan, and both Ryans. Um, it's well, I can't even believe I'm I'm rattling off that many people. Thank you guys so very much. Um, did the, as I said before, the money will be used for advertising, uh, so I can get the the podcast out there to more ears and help more men. And that's, uh, that's my goal. Um, so thank you all of you very, very much. Um, it's, it's crazy. And those of you that have already donated, I think I said this before, but just in case uh, anyone missed it, if you donated five, the five bucks, you're, you'll get a month. And, um, I'm actually starting the month in uh this month in april so if you donate even if you donated like uh you know three weeks ago or a month ago or whatever um it's it's you're you're still gonna you'll still get your membership for for start starting in april so everyone that donated it all starts in april um again thank thank you so much it's it's very strange to me here we go episode 26 Okay, joining me today is Katie. Katie, let's just uh, dive right into it. And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? All righty. So I am from Colorado. I have been here for about eight years. I have two kids. They're five and seven. And I have been co-parenting with my ex-husband for roughly four years. Um, so the whole co-parenting thing led me to want to work with families who are blending or who are co-parenting. Um, so I finished my degree in psychology and then I'm moving on to my master's in mental health counseling. So that should give me the opportunity to work with other families. So what, in, in terms of quote unquote healthy co-parenting, uh, what is that even, how do you define that? What does that even look like? I think it's, it's different. I mean, it depends on what stage you're at. Like when you first get divorced, healthy co-parenting is just trying to have a business relationship so that you and your co-parent can function, but you have to take the emotion out of it right away, which is really difficult when you've just gotten divorced. Um, but I always say that's the best, the best tip for when you first have gotten divorced. It's not gonna look like a friendship, right? Because yeah. you guys probably don't even like each other. 
it's very so, true. <laughs> so, especially at first. Um, but I think as things move along and as you guys are further from your divorce, healthy co-parenting can look like a friendship, but I, I don't think that that's always the case. Uh, yeah, I mean, just it, every time I have these conversations, it, it puts me in a space of thinking about myself and, and my situation. So um, sometimes I, I pause because I'm just I'm in my head thinking about you know, what I'm going through and, and, uh, right. how, how I'm trying to deal with it. But, um, it, it, you know, a lot of, there's, there's some guys, uh, in my, in my group that are, are dealing with a situation that, that I'm not dealing with. I I'm dealing with someone who sort of wants to have that friendly type of, Oh, it's no big deal type of relationship. And I have no interest in that, uh, right now we'll see what the future holds. I'm not, I'm not, it's not my focus or my worry or my concern. Uh, but, but some guys are dealing with a, an ex that is uh, difficult. We'll say um, as, as you said in the pre-interview, someone that's, it causes a, it's a high conflict sort of relationship. So can you talk about how, how do you deal with someone like that in, in a co-parenting relationship? Um, I always say that the most important thing you can do is not engage, right? Because your reaction to someone who's high conflict, it's like exciting for them. They want you to be upset. They want you to, they want to have reasons to make you look like you're the bad parent. Mm. So I think, um, I know that you have done a little bit of work with people talking about narcissism. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you guys have talked about gray rocking uh, no, that didn't, that specific, um, uh, strategy did not come up, but, but I have heard of it, but I don't, yeah. If you could delve into that a little further. It's a little bit more difficult when you're co-parenting because you have to have communication with your co-parent, but essentially gray rocking is like not giving an answer, not giving a, an animated answer. You want to keep your answers short. You want to keep them concise. You want to keep the emotion out of it. So that there's nothing for your co-parent to react to or your ex or whatever, right. um, because you giving them that reaction is amping them up and, and they, they want you to feel bad. Mm -hmm. So when you show emotion, they're like, yes, I'm still getting to him. I'm still, right. I'm in control. And if you can just dial back your emotion a little bit, it really helps with the conflict and the co-parenting mm -hmm. and everything else, but right. And it, it, what I mean, besides sort of taking the emotion out of it, is there are there certain which I think is is I, I agree uh, incredibly important. Um, it's still hard to do though. Yeah, sometimes easier said than done, and and a lot of, um, you know, life's um, beneficial choices lie in that easier said than done type yeah. of, uh, of 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 thinking. But um, are there other things that that guys can do? um, to aid in that and, and things like maybe, um, blocking them on social media, like just, you know, yeah, I think that protecting your heart is really important, even when it comes to co-parenting. So if you need to block someone on social media, do it. Yeah. If you need to, when they call you, if you need to not answer right away, don't, don't answer right away. I mean, I use that a lot with my ex-husband, um, because he tends to call me for like every little thing. And it used to really upset me. So I would say to myself, I'm going to not answer it. I'm going to see what message he leaves. And then I'm going to give myself like an hour before I respond. Mm -hmm. 
just because it's so easy to get caught up in that emotional piece of it. Um, and I think that written communication is probably one of the better options, especially right away. Um, emails, text messages, just anything that can give you a breath before you have to respond. Yeah. And also, one of the things that I've learned is, even if I'm standing here having a conversation with my ex, I don't have to respond to him immediately. Mm. I can take three seconds, take a breath, and decide how I want to react to him. And that's also easier said than done, of course. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For sure. I mean, especially face to face. But do you do you um, have you have you touched on or or spoken about or or thought of, of boundaries and and what some of those. First of all, I guess we could define what that is. Um, and then are there certain ones that you feel you've put in place that have been helpful for you? So my, it's difficult for me because my ex-husband doesn't really know what a boundary is. Mm. So he, I mean, I could put them in place, but I, I, he rarely ever listens to them. But then it becomes my job to enforce them. And I mean, that's that kind of goes along with the whole um, us, for example, when, when we decided we were going to go back to the phone communication, um, because we had been doing like writing in a notebook, um, sending a notebook back and forth from school with hmm. the kids, because we just couldn't, we, we could not communicate otherwise. Yeah. Um, so when we decided to go back to phone calls, my boundary was I'm not answering a phone call from you on a day that I don't have the kids unless it's an emergency. Yeah. But then we had to define like, how do we know it's an emergency? So then it was, I'm not answering the phone from you, a phone call from you, unless you call me twice in a row. And so I kind of had to teach him that I'm not answering the phone, like for real, unless you call me two times in a row. So I think that having boundaries as far as communication is really important and whatever that looks like for you guys, whatever, whatever you men are comfortable with is what you should do. And I think too, that when you're co-parenting, it's really tempting to let the woman kind of take control and, um, you know, that's not always the right, the right way to go. You guys have to protect, like I said, you have to protect your heart and your mental health and yeah it's just as important as, as the woman's. So yeah, true. Very true. Uh, in terms of, um, uh, dealing with the children, um, it, it, when, when you're with your, when you're around your ex and, and the children are there, how do you, um, engage with him at that point? Is there any, any sort of things, um, or any any way you should be like for instance i don't i don't even look at mine i don't speak to her um she tries to speak to me but i i mean i don't it's more it's more small 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 talk attempts and i just i don't really have any interest in but talk about is that uh and if uh, is that detrimental to the children do you think uh, i mean should i be um speaking and, and interacting because i really don't uh is that something that i should consider uh changing I think kids are really smart. So I, I taught preschool for 17 years um, and they're so smart. They can pick up on just about anything. So if you're stressed, they, they're going to pick up on it. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you and your ex are making random small talk. They can, they can tell. 
that, that you're stressed or whatever. Um, but I really think that not putting yourself in a situation where you are forced to make small talk or you're forced to handle your ex in any way that you're not comfortable with is probably the better option. I mean, I'm trying to think it's been, so my kids were one and three when my ex-husband and I separated. So we had a long time before like school functions and before things like that started going on for us to be able to kind of like, we can sit together and we can, it's not quite as stressful now, but it's been four years. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I really think you just have to feel it out. Yeah. Did you notice it? I mean, I guess the age is, or, or it's a, it's an interesting age in terms of like what they are taking in and what they're not, but did you notice a difference in your children once you were able to like sit together or, you know, not be chummy necessarily, but at least nearby, did the kids pick up on anything? Did you notice a change in them? Um, like you said, they were so little, yeah. but, but I think that they enjoy having us sit together. They enjoy having us, um, you know, now my ex-husband will say like, why don't you come in for a minute? And I, you know, I'm not super comfortable with that, but if it's 20 degrees outside, I'm going in for a minute. Yeah, um, I, hear, I hear you there. Yeah. But, but I do think it's nice for them when we're at a school concert or whatever, pre COVID of course, to, yeah. um, to sit together and, but they know, I mean, yeah. they know that we're not, together and that we're not really friends yeah did, did those kind of conversations happen with your children again they were they were younger but did, have they happened at some point um do you anticipate more conversations um my son was so little that i don't even think he knows like hmm. he doesn't i would drop him off at preschool and he was like oh it must be brantley's daddy's day because he's picking him up uh, so i don't even think he ever realized that families live together, like mommies and daddies live in a household together sometimes. Right. Um, but yeah, my daughter, she, but she's really smart. She'll always say like, I'm glad that you and daddy aren't fighting anymore. And that, mm. that, you know, I'm sad that you're not married, but, yeah. um, you know, but she'll ask like, are we still a family? And that's a hard question because like, she, he's my ex, but not hers. Yeah. How do you so, answer that one? I mean, I just told her that mommy and daddy are always going to be her family and mommy and daddy are always going to love her and take care of her. But, you know, mommies and daddies don't always get along. So yeah. we're not, you know, we're not really friends anymore and that's okay. So. Was there any kind of conversation with them about um, not fault in terms of whose fault, but, but in, in it being that it had nothing to do with them. Did you have any kind of those, uh, with your daughter, I guess, in particular, did you have any of those kind of conversations? We didn't really, but only because she knows where the fault lies. She remembers things that happened. Um, and she, so she has never asked like, why did you get divorced? She, I think she knows. Yeah. So do do uh so let's let's recap a little bit i mean a, a healthy relationship is is essentially low conflict right i mean isn't that yeah uh, that's a, kind of a at least a cornerstone i would guess of of a a, a good relate a healthy co-parenting relationship sure and but i also think we have to remember that there's always going to be conflict here and there even yeah. in the best 
co-parenting relationships. There's something once in a while that you aren't going to agree on and that's okay. It's just, you have to learn how to navigate getting to a conclusion. And that's the hard part when, especially with me, I'm pretty chill and I'm pretty, um, go with the flow probably because I worked with kids for so long that like, you know, if he wants to introduce his girlfriend to them, like, okay, well, they'll probably rebound when y'all break up. But I mean, um, and I think for me, it was learning that I have to change my behavior because he's not going to change his. Mm -hmm. So me having to learn to teach him how to treat me and teach him that what was okay when we were married isn't okay anymore. I mean, it wasn't really okay then either, but you know, I'm not going to tolerate it anymore. And that's really important. I think for having being low conflict, you have to teach your ex that you're not going to put up with that behavior anymore. And it's difficult. And sometimes they get really pissed at you and they start amping up their behavior and you just have to ride it out and just keep setting those boundaries and keeping them. Yeah. Yeah. Easier said than done uh, as, oh. as, as we said, but uh, definitely essential. And it sounds like the, the sort of overarching theme is, is remove the emotion, which again, easier said than so done. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that, that is sort of the, the, the other key component, right. Is, is remove mm-hmm. the emotion. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean like my ex-husband still throws some zingers at me sometimes And I am so mad, but I just take a few seconds and regroup before I answer. And that took practice too, right? Mm. Because when we have a conversation with someone, we want to answer right away. Sure. And we don't want to take a second to think like, how is this going to affect the rest of my day? How is this going to affect my co-parenting relationship? But then it also sucks because you're the one that has to make all the changes and they get to just keep treating you like crap. But you know. I mean, yeah, it's not fucking fair, is it? <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question that I, I, you know, and you don't have to answer it. I'm, I'm just curious because, and I think I know your answer because you're a mother, but I, I think my answer is, is, is perhaps different and depending on the day and the moment. But um, have you ever had, I mean, we all have the regret, right? That, that I shouldn't have got married. I shouldn't have. And, and, but we also have that, well, but I got my children. Do you, if, if you had to, if you had a, a magic wand or if, if you know, uh, Marvel movies, if you had the infinity stones and you could snap your fingers, um, would you go back and not do any of it again? Or, or are you sort of at least a little grateful for what did occur and a grateful for your children and, and wouldn't necessarily change anything? I think I've been in both places. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's like a normal answer for a mom, but but I've, I've been there where I'm like, damn, if I could just rewind the clock 10 years and just, you know, go a different way. But I also think, of course, the kids came and their kids are always a blessing. Um, and I've learned a lot about myself. So there's that. But the thing is too, you have to work to get to know yourself again. You have to put in some effort to learn about yourself, especially after you've been through something as soul crushing as a divorce but so and and i don't i don't i I agree i've been in both both places sometimes i think because of the hurt and the pain that my my children were a little bit older they were uh four and four and ten uh almost almost five actually she filed on on the fifth on her fifth birthday which is yeah 
um yeah um so so they were they were a little older and it's been it was really hard on my 10 year old and, and i think she's doing better but i you know I, I it's it's hard for me to tell because i don't i don't see her as as much as i used to obviously and so there's things that are, could be occurring that i'm i'm not aware of um fortunately we we have a, a good relationship and and so if there are issues my now 11 soon to be 12 year old she she informs me and lets me know um but um I mean, I've had, I've had thoughts of, you know, I wish I never, not, not only, you know, married you, but never even, you know, had children with you. Um, so I, I think I've, I've been, uh, in, in, in both places. Um, and, and it's sometimes I feel, you know, I feel guilty for having those thoughts, but, um, I, I wonder if taking that pain away and, 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 you know, th thus removing, um, you know, the life of my child is, is in some way, you know, more, I don't know, beneficial, or at least, I mean, less messy, certainly, and uh, less painful. And I, cause I, who knows what the future holds? Like, I don't, I don't know how this is going to affect her, uh, or either, either of my daughters, but particularly the, the oldest, um, you know, I don't, I really don't know. And, and I, I sometimes take a very bleak view, because the numbers are, are not very good. Um, you know, statistically it's just, it's, they're not good, but, you know, obviously there can be anomalies and, and each, each situation is different. Each person is different, but, um, sometimes I, I, yeah, I wish I, I never would have had the children. Um, as sorry as that is to say, it, it makes me feel bad to even say it, but. But I think that comes from a place of like you feeling guilty that they have to go through all of this. You know, I don't think it's coming from a place where you actually wish that they weren't yeah. here, but yeah. you know, you just feel bad. And I have gotten to a place where I recognize that staying in that marriage would have been far more detrimental to my children than it was for me to leave. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think you, and I don't know how much you want to talk about your story, but I think perhaps there were issues that, um, how do I say this? And I, and I can edit out anything that, that you're not comfortable, but I, I get, got the feeling or impression and, and maybe, maybe it was talked about outright that maybe that you had some safety concerns. Was, was that the case for, for yourself? Um, yeah, it's, it's a little bit difficult to, to explain, but, but there came a point where um, I recognized that if I didn't leave, something was going to occur that was probably not going to be a good thing. Um, and so I think I lived in my marriage in fear and I lived, um, you know, I was constantly worried about the safety of myself and my kids and, you know, just being emotionally manipulated and, um, you know, scare tactics and just all kinds of things. So sure. I think my situation is probably easier than someone else's like, you know, for you, yeah. um, it's probably more difficult for you to to have gotten the divorce because your relationship wasn't, it wasn't a matter of safety. No, you. no, definitely not. Um, did, did, was there any point where, and, and you know, it, I, I, I have no judgments to anyone that do, does anything. Uh, I shouldn't say that. Of course I judge. What am I talking on my ass? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I try not to judge. Uh, and, yeah. and because I don't know your situation and I, and I wasn't there, but I mean, I, I, um, I take what you're saying at face value, but, um, I do, ju I definitely judge people that leave because they're not happy, whatever the fuck that means. Um, and, yeah. and, and they wreck a family because of that. Um, but, uh, mm -hmm. with that said, you had a legitimate reason, it seems, um, 
but that's not to say, you know, I, I fought really hard. Well, that, and that's I, what I was going to ask. Like, did you, did you yeah. have those moments of what the fuck? I mean, what am I doing? Like, am I, were you worried about the effects of it? Um, you know, did you, how long did you struggle with the decision? I think um, I, I knew that things were heading down the wrong path about a year after we got married. Mm. Um, but I tried really hard. I, everything he complained about, I took cooking classes cause he didn't like my cooking. I, um, you know, yeah. I went to a church group and I'm not really super religious, but yeah. you know, I had a friend who was like, my, my pastor's really great when marriages are failing. Mm. Um, I went to therapists on my own. I made him go to four marriage therapists and none of them, he didn't like any of them because you know, yeah. nobody likes it when, someone points out what's gone wrong. Sure. Um, I mean, I literally did. I kept the house 100% clean. So he wasn't stressed out when he got home. Cause he didn't like clutter. I mean, he went fishing every weekend because I was like, well, if he just fishes, maybe he'll be, he'll be happy. So I really did at, at my own mental, the expense of my own mental health. Yeah. I did everything I could. So there just came a point where nothing was getting better he was getting worse. Things were getting more tense. And I was like, well, I really have, I really have exhausted all of my possibilities, but I agree. I don't think you get married to get divorced. No, like nobody you, does. And I would hope that people would try a, at least a little to save their marriage. Yeah. I think it seems to me, and my, my view is biased and I'm, if I'm, if I'm nothing, I am at least um, self-aware. So I am aware of my biases and um, and the lens in which I view things. And, and that is a, a man who was left, um, who didn't do any of the sort of big negative things. Like I didn't cheat. I didn't, you know, put my hands on her. I didn't, um, I had a good job. I was a great, I am a great father, um, all these things. And so, so for me being left, um, and I'm very good at also not putting that on. Like I don't, you're, you're a female. I don't assume because you're a female, like you're a succubus. Like that doesn't, you know, you're not her. I don't, I don't, but I do the st statistics say, and, and I've, and I've seen with all the men that I deal with that it seems to me that there are women that are not happy and then blaming the other half and, and leaving. Now, obviously that doesn't happen overnight that 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 uh, they don't at least i don't think so um there are issues throughout the marriage that um are never addressed but it sounds like you you tried to address them uh he had seemingly no interest in addressing anything did he take any accountability for anything that he did no any i mean no he he never did it was always my fault mm. um i didn't make enough money i didn't work hard enough i didn't you know everything I did with the kids was wrong. But I think, you know, he always used to say to me, you're never going to leave me. You'll never leave me. You need me. And I was like, fuck you, man. I don't need you. I don't, what, you know, so he didn't want to do the counseling. He didn't respond when I took cooking classes and when I, you know, got him all the fishing stuff he wanted. He, there was never any, so I, I almost think it's flipped, right? the like I did everything that I could sure and he was just kind of coasting yeah uh, because he thought I would never leave but 
in 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 terms of the the partners we choose, uh, we obviously choose them for whatever reasons we have. But do you do you think that did you think or have you thought at any point that um, you know I I chose this guy like what what the fuck is wrong with me? And I, I'm not I don't mean that in an accusatory way. But have you ever self reflected and said because I have and I've, I've said well shit I chose her like I and I and I knew all these there's some of these red flags that they say that now looking back it was like what the fuck was I thinking like. Yeah. Of course it ended up this way, but, but have you had any of that self-reflection and, and. Yeah. So, um, I have been working with a trauma focused therapist mm -hmm. and she has been amazing. I would recommend therapy to all of you out there. Yeah, for sure. And I think I, now looking back, I can pinpoint and say some of the things that I lack within myself, I found in him. Mm -hmm. So I'm not very, um, assertive. I, so I always, I tend to go after men who are like really dominant and who are really like willing to make decisions for me sure. because I don't like to upset people. I, I would rather them make the decision so that they're happy. Sure. Um, and, you know, through talking to my therapist, it's been really eye-opening to realize that a lot of the qualities that I seek in a man are first of all, not good ones, but they're also because I lack some of that within myself. Um, so it almost gives you not like, I don't want to say an out, but it gives you a way to recognize that some of the reason that you chose this person is just based off of like who you are. It's not because you made a bad choice per se. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's, it's what you're attracted to because maybe it's what you lack or, you know, maybe it's how you grew up or some yeah. combination of the two. Yeah, I think that 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 component is so so important. I think that there is a huge opportunity as, as painful and as shitty as it is, whoever's decision. Um, I do think it is an opportunity that you'll never have again. Uh, well, hopefully. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, and I'd, I'd like to get your take on that, too. But uh, but I'll, I'll get back to that. Um, it is an opportunity for you to, to really self examine and, 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 and figure out some of your own faults. I think uh, taking responsibility is a huge part of it. Um, it sounds like this guy in, and, and I, I don't know the man and I'm, I'm, I, I and I, like I said before, I trust you at your word, but he sounds like an asshole. <laughs> um, but, uh, you, you chose him and, and you, the fact that you were able to, to, to see that, uh, and really self-reflect, I think speaks volumes to, to, you know, about who you are as, as an individual. And, and I think is, is incredibly important to, to anyone going through this because it is an opportunity uh that that won't come along um but again i hate to be putting you on the spot so much i'm just curious um in terms of of getting married again as a woman that that made the decision and that um you know justifiably so from what i from what i can gather do, would do you think you would ever do that again do you think you would ever get married again um you know I, I'm a hopeless romantic, so I would love to get married again. And I would love to, you know, have a really close connection with someone, but I haven't ever had that so far in my life. So, I mean, I think I'm probably a little bit cautious. Sure. Uh, I just started dating again, like, you know, really over the summer is when I started to feel, and it's been, you know, by then it was three and a half years, but I had just been so traumatized that it took a long time to come back from it. Yeah. So I don't know. I would love to get married again, but I don't know if it'll happen. Yeah. And I think part of going through therapy and getting to know myself better 
is recognizing that even if I don't get married again, even if I um, don't find the love of my life, I'm going to be okay. Yeah, that's a that's a tough pill to swallow. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it is an important one. Because if we don't, I think if we don't get to that point, and I'm not saying I'm there. Um, I think then we could we have the, the potential to unfortunately jump into another shitty relationship, which is going to end in a similar, similar fashion, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I see that, you know, I hate like, I feel like I'm totally calling out my ex husband a lot, but he, um, he jumps right into the next one. Yeah. And there have been so many. I and, I, you know, I just think to myself, like, if you just took a little bit of time, and I mean, I'm, I'm lonely, I get lonely all oh, the time. Yeah, me too. I don't want to be alone. No, but neither. it's better to take some time and think about like, you know, because even though I think that the, the end result would have been me getting divorced, no matter what, yeah. I can look back and recognize that I could have made some changes. And, um, and I think that that's always helpful. Like, True. even if you got cheated on, even if, you know, the very worst of the worst happens, there's always, you know, some level of uh, self-reflection that you have to do. Yeah. So, yeah. And by the way, you're in good company because I complain about my ex, uh, on, on some of these episodes quite frequently. Um, I try not to because it's, um, but, but facts are facts. I mean, they are, you know, um, but, but the good, the good part is, is I know I, I take accountability. I, I chose her. I did things in the marriage that didn't foster a, a good relationship. Um, I thought we were quote unquote, okay. Um, which I, I want to, I want to get back to that because, you know, I don't always get this opportunity to, to talk to women about, um, sort of the other side of it, but, um, how, how frustrated were you? And, and is that, is the frustration of his inability to, to have accountability? Was that a central part of why you ultimately made the decision? I am loyal to a fault. So I do not think that I would have left if things hadn't gotten as tense as they were. For me, it was always like, I want to save my marriage. I don't want to, you know, I love you. I don't want to get divorced. But um, so I, of course I was frustrated. And of course it felt, you know, it always felt like I was to blame, even though I knew right. that there are two people in this marriage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it, of course it was frustrating to, to see that I was the only one trying to fix it. And, and I think sometimes people don't communicate, right? They're like, all of a sudden out of nowhere, you're like, what, you want a divorce? Well, yeah. how, how, do, why? Yeah. But for me, I mean, I gave plenty of like, mm. I'm going to leave if X, Y, and Z doesn't change because I can't live like this. Yeah. Um, you know, there were years of like, the warnings and the, but that kind of goes along with, with your boundaries, right? I kept giving all of these warnings, but I wasn't acting on them. True. So then when I finally did, it was like, what? Oh my God, like this can't happen. And, and he was like, mind blown. But at that point, did he suddenly want to sign up for therapy and do all the things you've been wanting him to do? He did. And, um, but I just was so far past that point by then I mean you know I I used to tell my family like if he would just try if if I could just see that he was putting in just a little bit of effort I I would say yeah but I mean 
And it's funny because it's been four years. And I mean, just a few days ago, he was like, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe I lost you. I can't. And I'm like, well, something else popped in my head and, and, and I just, I kind of forgot. Um, oh, regret. Like, so, so, I mean, it sounds like, uh, you know, you, you clearly had uh, a justifiable reason and you made a decision that um, was right, certainly for, for you. But even, 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 you know, all that into consideration, did you ever have any regret after you, you know, pulled the trigger quote unquote, and, and did you ever think, well, you know, maybe I made it, maybe I made a mistake. Um, of course. I, yeah. I think that even when you know, in your heart, it's the right choice. There are always parts of you that are like, what if it's not, what if, and I think the what ifs came for me a few years later, mm. which is probably also a good reason that I didn't date. Right. Um, yeah, sure. I spent a, you know, a good long time watching him date and mm. watching him be, and I, I hadn't dated yet. So the regret really came then when he was being like, so nice to these women and so awesome. And I, you know, I was watching like on social media cause I didn't block him cause I'm an idiot. Um, you know, and I'm like watching all of this and I'm like, how, like, what, what did I do wrong? Like how, you know, so I think the regret really came then, but, but I think it was kind of like false regret, if I may, like, I don't know if that's the right term, but, but it was just the, the what ifs, like what could have been and what could have happened? What could I have done differently? But I think that at some point you just have to stop analyzing. Yeah. You know, like now, four years later, I am not the same person and neither is he. True. So do I think he's done a lot of hard work? No, no. but I have. So that gives me a whole different perspective. Do, do you still have any, and maybe I'm asking this for selfish reasons. I don't know. Um, do, do you, do you have any sort of fantasy that someday it will all come back together? Like he'll figure out his shit and work on himself no, no. Mm -mm. I think, you know, and I, I think I might have, if I hadn't done so much therapy and I know mm -hmm. I'm like really talking about therapy a lot, but I think, Oh, it's, it's incredibly important. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely agree with that. That my self-worth was so tied to how mm -hmm. he viewed me that I could easily have ended up like if he had come back, I could easily have been like, yes, this is it. This is the dream. But right. But now I recognize that like, you know, we never were compatible and yeah. he's not really a great human. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, so no, I don't have any, any hope that that would ever happen again. Yeah. I, I wonder how, how the, like the people that make the decision. And again, I, I think yours was, was justifiable and, and, and who the hell am I to, to say whether it is or not anyway, but I'm, you know, just throwing, throwing my opinion into it. But um, I often wonder that people that make the decision and it's yeah i guess i'm being uh, from a selfish point of view um and not i think there's still part of me if i'm being honest that holds out some kind of hope um but i don't it's funny because uh, there's a part of me that holds out some kind of hope i miss my family like i was crying last night about it i don't even know why i was watching a movie uh that i always i watched uh, i don't know if you ever seen warrior it's a it's an mma uh movie tom hardy and um Nick Nolte's in it. It's a fucking great movie, but it gets me every time. And, and it get, got me in that, that headspace of just like sadness sort of, or, or at least being emotional. And 
I started crying thinking about how much I missed my family. Um, and so I think there is a part of me that sort of holds that hope. But then there's other part of me that imagines her coming back. I mean, being like, I no, no way. Like, I, how would I ever trust you again? How can I ever forgive you for the things you did and said? Um, and that's where I struggle with forgiveness. And so uh, I guess um, I'm a I'm, I'm long, long way to answer this, or ask this question. Do, um, do you do you forgive him? And is that even a goal for you? So I was actually thinking about this last night because I had a feeling you might ask me that question. <laughs> um, and for me, forgiveness doesn't lie with him. It, it lies with forgiving myself for allowing that situation to occur, mm. for picking him, for, um, you know, choosing to have children with him. Um, so because the bottom line is he's not going to ever change. Mm. And I, he doesn't deserve forgiveness for a lot of the things that he did to me mm. or for a lot of the things that he's done to other people. Sure. So at this point, I... I kind of like nothing him, yeah. you know, like yeah. I don't hate him. Yeah. I don't love him. I don't, you know, he drives me nuts, but, uh, but, uh, but that's like a short little 10 second thing where I'm like, Oh, here we go again. Right. Um, so, but, but for me, the key to forgiveness was just forgiving myself. Hmm. Interesting. That's a, it's, it's, it's an interesting take because um, I, I sometimes I sometimes get fucking tired of hearing uh you need to forgive and all that uh and it makes me want to vomit um because i just i can't wrap my head around it i don't cause, because here here's here's why at least one of the, the the essential reasons is to me forgiveness is oh i forgive you come here and let's hug it out and let's you know let's make love or whatever like that to me is i forgive you so let's go sort of go back to where we were like that's sort of the way that i'm i'm currently wrapping my head around forgiveness um mm -hmm. because that's how you when you're in a relationship that's how it works right? right you you have a fight and oh it's it let's make up and and then then you're good or at least you know seemingly good yeah, um, i've right. come to find out that it that's not always the case um people keep shit inside it's not healthy but um that's where my head is at with the definition of forgiveness and so I don't ever see because that's not something I, I think um, is maybe attainable or desirable or smart or the right thing or whatever. Um, but uh, bottom line is that that wouldn't occur. Like if I forgave, she's not coming back. If I forgave, I'm not inviting her back. If I forgave, I'm not trying to have makeup sex. Um, right. So I'm, I'm trying to still trying to wrap my head around, but what does that mean? And so your take is, um, it's interesting. Uh, I think that that's, I mean, I think there certainly is a central part of it uh, is forgiving yourself. Mm -hmm. um, but I also think you have to remember, like, not everyone deserves forgiveness. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't understand. I, 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 I don't disagree. In fact, I almost wholeheartedly agree. Like, I want to fucking send a cheer to you for that one. But <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, why, why, why do we, and they say, well, it, it, you know, you drinking poison and hoping someone else dies, blah, 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 whatever that stupid fucking saying is. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't, that never really connected with me because it doesn't make any fucking sense. But um, I don't see how holding someone accountable and, it, you know, it doesn't sound like you walk around pissed off at the world because of what he did or even pissed off at him. You, you just you hold him accountable in, in your mind and forgiveness isn't something that because of that accountability you're, you're willing to to explore. And I I'm right there with you. But. I don't know. I don't know. Like people that like, um, 
you know, their, their child was killed by someone and like, Oh, I've, I've forgiven him. Like, what the fuck? Like, what? Like, how does that, why would you even do that? Like, I don't, I don't understand the benefit in, but again, my, my view of forgiveness, I guess is acceptance, but perhaps that's not the correct definition, at least in terms of. I think that forgiveness is dependent on the person really. I mean, for me to move forward, I had to forgive myself, but for someone else to move forward, they might have to forgive someone else. Yeah, that's true. That's a good Um, point. It's all, it's all sort of subjective. It's all up to the the person. But I also wholeheartedly believe that people are not allowed to treat other people like shit. Yeah. So if you treat me like shit, I'm not going to forgive you. Yeah. Like that, you know, if, if we're in a relationship and you're treating me badly, you know, not, not accidentally or not because we didn't know, you know, right. Whatever. But, but that's just not something that I'm going to forgive. And I think we have grown up feeling like relationships are, are based on forgiveness and based on like someone being allowed to treat you badly. And then you just say like, well, I love you. So I forgive you. Right. But I, but I don't know if that's really the right way to operate. I don't know. For me, I don't think it is. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's definitely up to the individual, I think. And, and that it feels like um, that sort of, you know, drinking the poison and all that, you know, you need to forgive. It feels like that is, and this is my perception, but it feels like that shit is shoved down our throats. Like, you know, um, you know, you must forgive in order to move on. And, and I don't, I don't know that that is true because I, again, I don't walk around like, like because of what she did you know i'm not mm-hmm. you know i have great moments in life i laugh i cry I, I i don't i'm not angry at the world um angry at her at times and sometimes more so than others but mm-hmm. yeah i don't i don't know that it's um it's a necessary component and, and but i do feel like it is sort of shoved down her throats a little bit mm-hmm. I, I mean i agree i think you know, circling back to having to deal with your ex because you have kids with them. Mm. I think it's really easy to say, like, if you would just forgive him, you you would be able to function better as a co-parenting team. And I just don't think that that's always the case. Like, you know, sometimes yeah. you just have to change your behavior to kind of line up with theirs. And if you forgive them, great. And if you don't, like, oh, well, yeah. I mean, I don't think there should be so much pressure for you to get over it for you to forget it, for you to move on from it. Like you have to, to just go through it and feel it. And if you end up forgiving, great. And if you don't, whatever. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that, that it's, it's about what's best for you. And it's, there's certain truths in life. I think that, that are applicable to us all. Um, but I don't know that that is one of them. I don't know that I need to forgive in order to have a healthy, happy life. I don't, I don't think so. Um, so let's, let's sort of recap. Um, healthy co-parenting is lack of conflict right uh, essentially if we're being if we're boiling it down and in 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 a, in a way to deal with uh, a high conflict uh co-parent is to just sort of take the emotion out of it all um i want to talk about i want i'd like to i want to get your 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 final words of wisdom for this is something i ask everyone um because the the core of my audience is is guys that are going through a divorce um and, and I think more than not, it's guys who are really in the beginning of it, who feel lost and hurt and confused and just uh, burnt down. Um, so what do you have any words of wisdom you would, would provide to those men? I think that men are not allowed to be as gentle with themselves as they, they need to be. 
So I think that my advice would be to just feel your feelings, just sit with them and get a therapist or get a friend. And if you want to cry, cry. If you want to scream, scream. Like, you know, I think for women, that's okay. So why isn't it okay for men? Yeah, that's, that's okay. I, I want to, I'm going to pick your brain on that. So, so as a woman, um, what, how do you, how do you view that? Uh, like, what is the emotional men are sort of frowned upon in society? Um, you know, it's just, that's just the way that it's been. I think it is changing slowly, but surely, but as a woman, um, what is the, um, ex acceptableness? Like what, what, what would you consider, um, I don't know, maybe attractive versus unattractive about an emotional man? Like what, am I making any fucking sense? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, no, yeah. I know what you mean. And I don't know if maybe it's like the mental health matters portion of me, but like, I need a man to be emotional. Yeah. I don't need you to just be like, I, I would like a man who shows a little bit of emotion, but right. I, I know a lot of women who are like, ew, why? he's crying. Why? And I'm like, right. Because he's a person just like you are. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I think it's totally acceptable for men to just feel it yeah. in whatever. I, I guess it's, again, a, it comes down to um, knowing who you are and that it's going to allow you to know who you want to be with in mm -hmm. a, as a specific a, a way as possible, right? Right. Um, I think that's incredibly important. If you don't know yourself and don't know what you can handle or what you want, uh, you're going to potentially end up in the in the same place again mm -hmm. and I mean I think when you say that like women and men are attracted to people who are kind of like them so if if you're dating someone and she's like ew I don't want to I don't right. he's too emotional like maybe she's not emotional enough mm. you know what I mean you I think yeah. you have to to evaluate that part of it too and I mean man yeah. woman just feel it I think some of this stuff is you know you don't know right until you're until you're in a relationship in some ways. I don't, I don't know how far into it, but like you're not gonna. I don't know how how soon something like that would bubble up to the surface, right? I mean, because it's yeah. not like every day I have a need. I feel a need to cry, you know. What mm -hmm. I mean? um, yeah. But but I but eventually that will happen. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, I think it's just sometimes you you have to dive in so to speak and just um start getting out there i think when you're ready whatever that means yeah. uh, you know whatever time frame that that works for you um man there's there's so many questions i have it's 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 nice to have i mean i've interviewed other other females but um I, I, I don't know what it is exactly about you, but I appreciate your openness and your honesty, but I, I, I feel like I need to pick your brain so much more. So I, I hope we can do this again because I, I, I think your, your perspective is, um, well, I think all perspectives are valid. And I think there are, there are probably men that have experienced um, the other side of it. So, so that their ex is sort of you, maybe not as extreme because they're, they're in the group. So they're probably, um, more in tune with their feelings than, than, you know, someone who isn't. Um, but I think that getting these, these stories and perspectives out there are so important. So I, I hope we can do it again. Yeah, of course. I'd love to. Well, thank, thank you for joining me today. I, I really, really appreciate it. Um, I definitely got something out of it and I hope my guys too, uh, will as well. So, so I, I thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Yep. All right. Okay. Well, thank you and uh, take care. 
Yeah, you too. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, that's a wrap for episode 26. I want to thank Katie for taking the time to sit down and talk with me. I thought it was a really great conversation. And it's always nice to get a female perspective on some of these things, I believe. And it was, I really appreciate her being open and honest and admitting uh, her thoughts on some of these things. It was, it was really a great conversation. Um, I look forward to, to having her in for a Q&A and potentially her working with, with some of you guys on, on how to co-parent better. Um, I've been talking with her about maybe starting some, some type of co-parenting program. Um, I think it would be beneficial to a lot of us. And what better than someone who has the experience of dealing uh, with a, a difficult co-parent? So uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I hope that that's something we can work out. Um, as you know, I'm, I'm trying to make this thing a total and complete resource. So that would certainly be a part of it. Uh, co-parenting is a big thing for a lot of us. So I hope you're all well. Uh, if you need anything, you know where to find me. Until next time, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Nick Coyle and Lifer for allowing me to use their song, Born Again, which you're hearing now and at the intro to the podcast. Thank you to Justin Delahanty and all of my brothers at the Alpha Code. Please reach out and connect with me and other like-minded men on the Facebook group page, Rising Phoenix Podcast. This group will be used to discuss released episodes, future episodes, and to discuss any and all things that come from dealing with a divorce, separation, or breakup. I look forward to connecting with you. Until next time, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. And remember to surround yourself with people who add value to your life, who challenge you to be greater than you were yesterday, who sprinkle magic into your existence just like you do to theirs. Life is not meant to be done alone. Find your tribe. Take care.